This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy New Year! Mine might be one of the first voices you hear in 2022, and for that, I am at both times delighted and apologetic. But you won't be sore you've tuned in to Go To Grandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and we are starting off the new year with the skinny, or the skinnamarinky dinky do. Yes, that's right. You've recognized Sharon, Lois, and Bram's signature tune, and one that I have many times sung off-key to my four kids, and now to my two grandkids. My kids are now 30, 28, 22, and 19, and my grandsons are two years old and seven months old. And I'm an amateur compared to Bram, who has seven grandchildren and five great-grandchildren. Sharon has two grandchildren to add to the mix. I'm going to be talking to Sharon and Bram about their new release, Best of the Best Live, as well as I'm going to try to get them to admit which is their favorite song and maybe which one they would be okay with never singing again. Writer Jay Title wrote an article for Zoomer magazine called No Greater Love, in which he boldly asserts that grandparents may have been responsible for the birth of civilization. Geez, I thought we were just responsible for the birth of our grandkids' parents, and possibly a million cookies and hugs. He talks about the transition of grandparenting and why the generation gap gives oxygen to the relationship, which potentially the parental relationship doesn't have. He also might have a really bad, good joke to share with us. Our Take 5 with RBC series looks at how RBC is partnering with small businesses such as Sweet Events to promote and support great causes such as New Circles and Shoebox as part of their commitment to corporate citizenship. The first episode of the year is full of facts and fun, our two pillars. It's January 1st, so you might be feeling a tiny bit tender this morning, especially if you're listening in at 7.30 a.m. I'll try to tone down my energy. No, I probably won't. So pour your coffee, sip your tea, and let's get started on our 2022 grand journey. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. If you had kids in the 1980s and 90s, you probably all sang along with Sharon, Lois, and Bram. Sitting on the floor in front of the TV together, you may have watched their hit series, The Elephant Show and Skinnamarink TV, or maybe the kids were begging you to take you to one of their sold-out concerts. Sharon, Lois, and Bram have spent their careers bringing joy to families everywhere. Sharon and Bram, such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, first of all, I do want to say thank you, thank you. My kids, in quotation marks, are range from 19 to 30 now, all four of them. And I have two grandkids, and your music has been such a big part of my kids' lives and now my grandkids' lives. You guys have been doing this a long time. How do you keep doing it? That's, well, you know, first of all, I, I was just going to say, first of all, Kathy, sorry to interrupt you, Bram. I just thank you for telling us that of the range of your children and grandchildren. When we hear that it's the music that we sang to your children is being shared with the next generation, it gives us a lot of pleasure. And, Bram, now you can answer the question. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm glad you interrupted me because that's important. <laughs> I have an odd situation because all of my grandchildren are quite grown up, and some of them have children of their own. And so I'm into great-grandchildren now. Unfortunately (laughs) for me, though, all the great-grandchildren live way out of town. One set of them lives in Boston, and the other set of them lives in Alberta, so I don't get to see them as often as I would like to. 
so I, I kind of miss them. But I know that they're listening and doing. And you do have a couple of new ones, Bram, I who, do. who are homegrown. That's right. Well, they're just barely arrived. Right. <laughs> Is it right, Bram, that you have seven grandchildren and five great-grandchildren? Do I have that right? I have... Uh, Three, four, no, I get five. confused. No, I, <laughs> yeah. have, I have six grandchildren. Wow. And one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven uh, great-grandchildren. Congratulations. And Sharon, I think you have a couple of grandchildren? I have two grandsons. Yes, I have, t- I have two children. My son, Jeffrey, who is a wonderful uncle to his two nephews. My daughter, Randy, is, is the parent of these two wonderful boys. And they're grown-up boys, but they've spent a lot of time in, uh, in Sharon Lois and Brand Music. And they're very musical, both of them. One of them now plays with us when oh. we do some music together. I was going to ask that, if any of the offspring have, have displayed any of the great musical talents that you both have. <laughs> well, I'll answer for me. Uh, music runs in my side of the family. Uh, my brother, for example, is a terrific musician, but also my son. And uh, they both play seriously. And the others are coming along, too. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and they're lovely. They happen to be lovely guys too. Yeah. And in my family, they're all very musical. And they, my daughter's children, have it from both sides of their, both sides of their families. Um, you know, they, our house is a very musical house. There was music in, in my home all the time. So my children grew up surrounded, immersed in music. It was happening all the time. My husband was with a group called the Travelers. Oh, nice. And so there was a lot of music in the house. And through our connection with Mariposa Folk Festival, mm-hmm. Mariposa in the schools, the parties were here and the gatherings were here. So they were, the kids were exposed to all of it. My daughter Randy's kids are very musical, and her son in particular, Ethan, and she has two sons, Elijah's a wonderful singer, and he likes the kind of old standards which is really interesting, and he he likes to sing them, and he's a good singer. Ethan is, um, that's Elijah, Ethan is a, plays, I mean, they both go to university, mm-hmm. but Ethan plays bass and electric bass and guitar, and he's a really good musician. So he does play with us. Sometimes they both play with us. You know, Elijah will fill in a third part if we need. I sing with my daughter generally. That's what's happening now. Bram has decided to stay home and put his feet up, (laughs) except for the occasional guest appearance. And so Randy and I have been trying to do some music together, keeping the Sharon Lois and Bram music out there. I love it. And um, Ethan plays for us, and sometimes Elijah will sing a third part or a harmony. So music is sort of an ordinary part of their lives, and they love it. And and my my brother Jeff has sat in on uh, more than one of their sessions together. I love it. Exactly. We're so, all great. great. We're like a family. Great. I love hearing all of this and I can just imagine how much pleasure there is in listening to this music in your household and how much pleasure many other households are going to have by getting your new release called Best of the Best Live. Tell me about that and, and why now? Why are you deciding to release that now? Well, well. we found it now. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the reasons, one of the reasons is, is like happenstance, right, Bram? Well, it, it's like we put it together, or we put it together with uh, with a lot of help from dedicated friends and, and fans, and they were made from what I call what well, I call them pirate recordings mm. <laughs> because because they were recordings that were made of us in concert over the years, 
in concert halls across Canada and the United States. They weren't pirated in the sense that it was somebody with a, with a, a cheapy old tape recorder in their lap hiding it in right. the audience. They were properly recorded uh, off the board. So it was getting everything that was mm-hmm. going on stage really nice and clearly. And, and as Bram says, the pi- we were the pirates. <laughs> we were the pirates. And we forgot about it for a long, long time. And one of our fans kind of became aware of it and said, why don't you guys give it a listen and see what's there? There may be some material there that uh, is worth putting back out to the public on a recording. And uh, you take over from that, <laughs> Well, it grew from that. You know, it, the recordings were digitized. They're very, very good quality, as Ben said, straight from the soundboard. And, you know, we vetted them with a producer that we work with, and he said, you know, any sort of extraneous sounds like a click or something, you know, that you don't want, we can get rid of. But they didn't need to do any corrections. I, I must say one of the things that made me very proud was the, the quality Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, we were singing in tune, and, you know, our shows, as you know, were pretty energetic, mm-hmm. jumping around the stage and all that stuff, and we managed to hold on to our complicated harmonies <laughs> and sing in tune, and the band on this recording, the band just sounds fantastic. So we were very proud of, of the quality of the sound, but Bram and I were a bit overwhelmed by listening to all of it, because there, there were about 20 shows that we had to check out. Oh, wow. So my daughter, Randy, who's been managing us, uh, engaged the help of two of our big supporters and who were grown-up fans, and they all started listening, and then they would whittle down the list and then bring it to us, and we would listen and whittle it down some more, and out of it came this album, and we're, we're thrilled with it. I love it's this a, we, we hope that people will feel like... You know, especially in this time when when we can't, children aren't going to concerts. Mm-hmm. We hope that they'll at home with their families listen and sing along and feel like like they're at a concert. I love it. One of the interesting things that you, you consider that these these recordings are thirty thirty plus years old, and we were that many years younger. <laughs> uh, we all were. And so we, the pitch <laughs> that the keys that we chose were higher than we are singing now and the temp the tempos are faster than we're singing now <laughs> and great. so when we when we listen to it and sing along with it which you inevitably do even if it's just inside your head i know i'm speaking for myself i end up exhausted Brams, this is called the aging of Sharon and Bram, apparently. Well, we all appreciate hearing your songs in your head. In fact, when I posted that you would both be on the show, everyone said, oh, Skinner Marink is going to be in my head all day, which thank you for that. And thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time, and I can't wait to continue to listen to your music with my grandkids. Thank you. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you very much. Best wishes for the year. Yes, exactly. Thank you. You as well. Jay Title is a Toronto-based writer and editor who's won over 25 National Magazine Awards in categories ranging from sports to fiction. He's written books, screenplays for movies and television, and stage plays, including a musical called Alzheimer That Ends Heimer. He's also co-inventor of the board game Therapy, which to date has sold almost 3 million copies worldwide. He is also, of course, a grandfather. Good morning, Jay Title. Thanks for joining me today. 
I'm happy to be here. So you wrote an article for Zoomer magazine, which I read with great interest because I am a grandma of two, and you called it No Greater Love. What inspired you to write this article, Jay? Or J.D., as your granddaughter calls you. That's right. <laughs> I actually, yeah, because originally my sort of tentative, non, you know, not exciting title was, you know, Grandparents and COVID. Right. And it was, it was because of the, sort of the what happened when COVID struck and what happened to grandparents uh, all over North America, well, and probably all over the you know the world, mm-hmm. which was the regular um, visits we'd had with my granddaughter, who was at the time. Let's see, when COVID hit, she would have been four years old. No, no, she was three years old when she turned four, and then because she just turned five, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, we she would come over at least once a week and sleep over, and then the sleepover stopped suddenly, yeah. and it was uh, you know it was kind of like a. a <laughs> It was being sort of tossed into the wilderness, you know. Yeah, and, it's, so that, that, and that's why I wrote it. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a change, and you get into that in the article as well as you talk about how grandparenting has really changed over the years, where it started and where we are now. Could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. In long ago days, <laughs> you know, you know it's, it would probably been oh, somewhere around thirty thousand years ago, the Upper Paleolithic era, it was called. <laughs> there actually weren't many grandparents around because the average lifespan of, of people was about 30 years. Right. Bipeds. And so it's very rare for, for um, children to actually know the parents of their parents. But when it changed, which was around 30,000 B.C., the lifespan lengthened for sufficiently so the grandparents could make the scene, and then you had three family generations at the same time. And at the same time, it also... There was a sharp rise in, in human populations and a big flowering of cultural and social behaviors. And so consequently, uh, grandparents, in a way, uh, can be argued, sort of gave birth to modern civilization because it makes sense because people have time mm-hmm. because they have babysitters for once, which they never had before. To uh, uh, Adults had time to sort of devote themselves to things other than just strictly uh, survival, scratching on survival. So we're pretty fabulous, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, so, so we're pretty fabulous, and now and now we've gone to the point now where, you know, we're we're once again, and and especially now, actually, incidentally, we live at a time where grandparents. I didn't I didn't put this in the piece. The grandparents actually are once again particularly important as uh, caregivers and, and babysitters because of the uh, the situation with, say, uh, millennial kid people having trouble getting having enough money for daycare. And so mm-hmm. grandparents have, have really become, you know, even that much more important and add that much more connected to their grandchildren. And sometimes not just a matter of money in the world we're living in today. Of course, it's um, I take my, my grandson sometimes because they're not in daycare because they're concerned, obviously, about that environment. Not, I mean, daycares are great. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, given the chance for us not to have to expose a seven month old and a two year old. I've been taking over some of that role, which I think, again, is is quite new for a lot of us that maybe weren't expecting to be looking at our grandparenting years like that. Yes, I think so. That's that's correct. Unless unless you happen to be living in an old like in, 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 in still in the European way, mm-hmm. and I actually have a couple of couple of guys I play hockey with actually still do this. They either live with their in laws, mm-hmm. or you know, they're so close. The where the automatic thing is, oh, that's okay. We'll take the baby to grandma's and nana's to whoever, and 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 that will go. But that had sort of been that had separated. There had been a separation uh, with. The you know the rise of daycare, the rise of nursery schools, but I think you're right that it's back to being once again uh, extremely close 
connection. And the connection between grandparents and children is special anyway. And then it just grew even stronger. And then, boom, in the middle of that came COVID. And you talk about in your article as well about how that generation gap, you know, the piece that's missing in the middle, those darn kids that we had that are now the parents, our relationship with the grandkids is kind of really special because it gives oxygen to our relationship, not to have that sort of direct line. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, my my granddaughter, when she specifically, I can remember a a particular um, thing that happened where where she said something she would never have said to her parents, (laughs) and she acted in a way she would never have acted. Like she was... It was just three years old, you know, maybe, and, and she was uh, in the backyard. She did something you know, I thought was rude with my, with my wife, you know, <laughs> Booby. You know, so I said, uh, you know, she, she calls her Booby, I'm Jake. So, so she, I said, she came into the kitchen, and I said, you know, you know that, that, that was kind of a rude thing you did with Booby. I was that before I left, and then I went to the kitchen. And then she came in subsequently, and she looked at me, and she said, uh, you know, J.D., I don't really love you. And she said, uh, I tried to love you. I just can't do it. Oh. And so I said to her, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. And she <laughs> said she gave me this big smile and did a thumbs, actually a thumbs up, like, like she's a miniature Bon Cherry. And never in a million years have. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a, I don't really love you. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very it's, different it's, relationship, it's, isn't it? Very different relationship and a, and a, li- a little leeway. So you, you hear more honest stuff goes on in, yeah. a, in, a certain, in a certain way because a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of loaded up between, there's, you know, it's, it's really fraught, you know, the, the, the parent-child relationship. It and is. Grandparents is a place you can go, you can say what you want, you get spoiled, you know, like, and so it's, it's, it's unique. So they can act different with us and we can act different with them as opposed to how we might have treated our own kids, right? Is it Gore Vidal you quote in this saying, don't have the kids, just have the grandkids, right? Skip right to that. That's the... right, yeah. <laughs> and that, you hear that, you, have, you hear that all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so the funny thing is, you can't really speak intelligently about it until you actually have a kid, until you have a kid. That's so right. you are a parent. And I think the same holds true for, for grandparenting, except that I think parents know how great it's going to be to be a grandparent, and that's why they push their kids to have kids. I think like, that's know, they, true, too. You know, they already know. They know, know what parenting is. They, they just have a sense of it. So, you, you know, it's, and, and so you really look forward to it, and then it becomes really, really a, a terrific thing. And, and, and it is. It's a unique relationship. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jay. Um, people can find your article online if they go to Zoomer Magazine and look you up under Jay Title. Have continued great relationship with your granddaughter, and thanks so much for joining me today. Okay, thanks very much. I'm just going to go downstairs and see what she's eating. <laughs> thanks, Jay. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Today on our Take 5 with RBC series, our guest is Michelle Cowan, who is the Regional Vice President of Toronto North for the Royal Bank of Canada. Michelle leads the branch teams in the Forest Hill, North Toronto, Young and Bloor, and Leaside communities, one of which is home to a very special organization you will be hearing more about today. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Last week, I heard from Sweet Events, and we learned about the ways they had shifted their business model as a result of COVID. I know you have been working on something special with Sweet Events. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking. Sweet Events, they're just such a fantastic small business in Toronto. And they used to do catering for in-person events. If you go to their website, you'll see it's just beautiful. Uh, It is a a woman-owned family business that provided sweet tables and desserts for weddings and corporate events and fundraisers. And, you know, during the pandemic, they saw themselves affected, as most small businesses did, especially the food and hospitality industry uh, that was just so hard hit. To recover, you know, this is... I mean, what an example of pivoting, changing the business model from event catering 
and instead focused on putting together themed baskets, absolutely beautiful themed baskets filled with products from other small Canadian businesses. And, you know, how, how we were involved, RBC Bank, was, which is actually what we refer to our U.S. division of RBC, uh, which is geared toward Canadian snowbirds, expats, students, and even frequent tourists, uh, they teamed up with Sweet Treats to produce some really special, uh, and I kind of use air quotation, Canadian-themed boxes for the holidays for our clients who couldn't see family and friends and uh, as a way to keep everybody connected. And so through this partnership and keeping with the spirit of the season, uh, they generously provided over 250 holiday treat boxes, which we donated to two grassroots organizations supporting Canadians going through difficult times. The two organizations, just wonderful organizations, New Circles and the Shoebox Project. Our branch manager, Brianne Lacey, and some of our advisors from our Leonard and Wixby branch in Leaside, they were thrilled to be able to hand deliver these boxes to New Circles last week. That's incredible. Um, could you tell me just a little bit more about why this was such an important cause for RBC to support? Well, you know, you, you hear this all the time, but I, you know, I, I, I really hope you can hear it in my voice <laughs> that, you know, we take pride in ourselves and in, in being more than just a bank, more than just a shield. RBC is deeply committed to helping our communities prosper. Our employees feel really connected with that value. Our success as a company is defined by the well-being of the people that we serve. And, you know, we know and we live the fact that an organization can only be as strong as the people in the community around it. This initiative gave us the opportunity to support both small business and bring a smile to vulnerable families in our community. It brings us, it brings me joy to know that many across the city will feel appreciated, uh, have those little special touches during the holiday season, uh, both newcomers to Canada and, and women facing hard times. You know, everyone can use a hand up uh, at times in their life. Absolutely. So let's get a little bit into it. Could you tell me more about these two great causes that you supported? Absolutely. So the Shoebox Project, it's an annual gift drive for women in need who are experiencing homelessness or are at risk of it. They have chapters across the country and within the GTA. Specifically, women in shelters or low-income housing are gifted with a shoebox that is typically filled with really personalized uh, personal care items, toiletries, and, and little luxuries and treats that make them feel special and valued, knowing that there was a lot of thought uh, behind it and that people really do care about them. Uh, the second organization, New Circles Glow, provides thousands of low-income families access to free clothing as a basic right. I was first introduced to New Circles through my daughter's school, in fact. It, uh, oh, cool. you know, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an organization that uh, uh, is supported not only in my community, but also, uh, you know, my organization. Uh, new Circles serves, as, serves new Canadians in the east end of the city. Uh, and the program called GLOW, which stands for Gently Loved Outfits to Wear, is one program that they offer in addition to other services. RBC has supported New Circles Community Services for many, many years with both funding and volunteers. In fact, our, this is where our team at uh, the Leaside Branch was able to make that personal delivery uh, just last week. So, you know, I, I have to say we really are grateful for these partnerships, the way we've been able to come together during a pandemic. Really grateful to RBC Bank, uh, the U.S. Division for the generous, generous donation 
of these incredible sweet event boxes. They really are beautiful. I love all of this. And what a terrific thing. What a great way to show uh, terrific corporate citizenship from RBC Bank US. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Michelle. I know our listeners will be very interested in these projects. Well, thank you so much for having me and, uh, and giving me the opportunity to speak to these really special organizations. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. Rig-a-jig-jig, man, that was fun. I've seen Sharon Wilson Bram in concert with my kids, and I know I wore out their records and CDs with my kids. One of the first songs I sang to my grandson Owen was Skinnamarinky Dinky Doo, as he loved the actions that went along with it. I see you doing those right now. Make sure to check out their Best of the Best Live on YouTube. Next week, we are exploring New Grand. We are going to talk about SEX, or what to do if your grandkids ask you about the birds and the bees. How much do we tell them? Do we tell stories about storks and cabbage patches, or give it to them straight, or avoid and pass it off to mom and dad? Sexologist and relationship expert Jessica O'Reilly, better known as Sex with Jess, will lead us through this potential minefield. Maybe being more open with your kids is one of the things you want to do in the new year. Or maybe not. Mom of Six and Mabel's Labels co-founder Julie Cole drops by to tell us about realistic family resolutions. Zoomer Magazine travel editor Vivian Bazos joins me from across the Zoomerplex to talk about why we travel and what purposeful travel is. And our Take 5 with RBC series takes a look back at what we've learned in the first 21 episodes of the show. I hope you'll join me again next week. January's go-to grandma episodes are going to be full of the facts and fun you need to continue your grand journey. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Thanks for listening. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.